And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with me for a special bi-week edition of Upon Further Review, brought to you by our good pals at Coors Light. And joining me on my quest today is our guy Jason Fitz from Yahoo Sports. Still getting used to saying that, Fitz. I had the previous lower third just locked and loaded, and so now it's like a <laughs> mental... It's like I, I, gotta, I gotta test myself and remind myself, Yahoo Sports... Jason Fitz. But you are here. It's great to see you. And over the next little bit of time, Fitz, we're just going to kind of status update on where we are right now for your 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously coming off of a not-so-great day on Sunday afternoon, but a lot of football ahead of us. And so, Fitz, let's just begin here. Like, if you were to kind of give me, like, your one line, like your thesis statement, if you will, on where the Las Vegas Raiders are today, sitting at 5-7, and seven, going into the bye, what, where do you land on that one? As we sit today, I think we're evaluating and competing. And I think both are mm-hmm. happening at the same time for a team that's sort of right in the middle. And, you know, five and seven, the playoffs become much more difficult. You know, it, it's amazing how you can look back at little moments in any season that's not gone your way. But you look back at that Bears game and think, what yeah. if, what might have been, you know, six and six feels much different in this playoff race than five and seven. But we are where we are. So now you got to look at it and say, what's the goal for the back half of the season? And I think the goal is competing, obviously, trying to create a culture around that, obviously, but also evaluating. And that's that's really important, not just Aiden O'Connell, but a lot of the young talent on this roster. And I think basically everybody is trying to show who they can be for the Raiders moving forward. So evaluation is every bit as important as competing at this point. Yeah, and mine, mine was kind of similar to yours, Fitz. I said, you know, the guys are playing hard. I think that the effort is there. But this team is certainly still a work in progress, right? I mean, this is a uh, this is a team that has a rookie quarterback, that has a rookie head coach, that has a rookie play caller, or excuse me, a signal caller, offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of new, a lot of guys going through this for the first time. And I think that what's been really nice and really refreshing about Antonio Pierce over the past couple of weeks since him and Champ Kelly kind of took the, uh, the reins here is there's an acknowledgement of that. There's an honesty. There's a transparency about like, look, we're kind of not in a bad way figuring this thing out as we go. So there's been things that we've liked that we'll get into. There's certainly things that need to get better that we'll also get into. But as we sit here today, I think if you're a fan of this team, the one thing that you feel really, really good about is that through all the ups and downs of the past couple week fits, effort has never been a question for the collective of this group over the past couple weeks since AP kind of took charge. No, you see a swarming to the football. You see speed that we hadn't seen before on the defensive side of the ball, really. You see guys moving quickly and reacting quickly. There's a lot of things that you can look at and say, man, there's a lot of pretty good to this team. Like, I I know that sounds like a a shot, but it isn't. Like, when you can get to the spot where you look at it and say, man, there's a lot lot here that I feel good about as a fan or as an analyst – 
that means something. And I, you've definitely seen that. You've seen a different level of effort. You've seen a different level of energy. You've seen a different level of passion on the field. It just, I mean, back-to-back -back weeks against the Dolphins and and against the Chiefs, I, I think it's fair to look back as, as much as people wanted to qualify the two wins. Well, it's just the Jets and the Giants. Well, okay, then let's send the same qualifications to the two losses. Like, you competed against two of the better offenses that you will ever see throughout the course of the year. I know the Chiefs having a down year, but you still competed against Mahomes and you competed against the, the Dolphins in ways that, uh, frankly, I didn't think they would. So two games that that looked better than the final score looked on both of them. I think that's got to be part of it. You're still playing. You're still bringing the energy, even though there may not be as much to play for right now. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the effort is unquestioned, right? I think that the, uh, the, the kind of passion that Antonio Pierce has brought to this building is evident when you go see those guys out there on a game day, but Fitz, let's start here, like effort aside, right? Because you know, the effort is something that we've talked so much about, but in terms of like on the field, you know, ABC, you know, X's and O's type stuff. What is one thing that we like? as we sit here right now. And look, there's a lot of things that we'll get into that need to be better, understandably, as the team sits here two games under 500. But like, what do you like? What is, as a fan, right? We talk about you, you being able to put your fan hat on, your analyst hat on. And when you kind of put both of them on at the same time, Jason Fitz, what do you like about the 2023 Raiders? I think there's a lot to like. Let's leave Max out of this equation because we don't need to spend the whole time talking about what we know. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot to love at this point about the continual growth we see from Nate Hobbs, uh, you know, the, the injury obviously derailed season two. I think we've seen that that the beginning of that leap for Nate Hobbs, like somebody that gets in there, not afraid to, to tackle, not afraid to make contact, reads really well. You can tell that that guy spends so much time studying because recognition of play seems to be something that he's really strong at. So I think Nate Hobbs is on that list. And I will also put the linebacking core on that mm -hmm. list. I, I think that this year, while their injuries have obviously meant that there's been a bit of a revolving door when divine Diablo has been in the game, it makes a palpable difference, right? Like, and then you look at uh, Robert Spillane, somebody that has had huge plays, but also above and beyond just the highlight plays has consistently been in the thick of the action. I, I think tackling has been much better over the last month than it was early on. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the play overall of Hobbs in the secondary and the play overall of the linebackers who've been in good position more often than not. I, I feel really encouraged about a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'll zoom out a little bit more, Fitz, and, and say that I'm encouraged by the defensive side of the ball in general. Yes, you're 100%. I feel like we've seen the best version of Nate Hobbs the past couple of weeks. Uh, Amik Robertson, a dude who, you say what you want yeah. about him, just finds a way to make plays, right? So Amik has had a really nice 2023. But I, I want to give a little love. I want to give a little tip of the cap to, to Patrick Graham, right? I, I think that the what he's been able to do with his group, and you talked about some of the revolving pieces, let's not forget that there was an obviously a coaching change. There was a front office change. And Patrick Graham has been steady right in the middle and just had this group playing good quality football. And you talk, you and I talked about it during the offseason. As crazy as it sounded, we were like, look, if the defense can just be okay, if the defense can just be a little bit better, uh, this team is going to be have, you know, have something cooking in, in the fall. And as wild as it is, and we, we've talked a lot about the identity of this team and what's the strength of this team. When this team's rocking, dude, this is a defensive team. Like, you look at that first quarter against the Chiefs. This was a defensive team. This was a ball control. We are not going to let you get anything on us, team. And, and Patrick Graham deserves a ton of credit for what he has done in 2023. Certainly going coming out of last year, I think the fan base, for, for obvious reasons, wanted his group to be better, needed his group to be better. And to his credit, man, he looked around and said, we're going to be better in 2023. And week after week after week, this isn't a flash in the pan. This isn't like a month or a week. Like, this is a really good top-to-bottom defense in 2023. And Patrick Graham, deserves a ton of credit for uh, for kind of building that through, through some of the ups and downs of the season. Now let me go back in time 
and I'm going to take you and I back to, let's say, 4th of July week. We're hanging mm-hmm. out. We're doing the show. Yep, 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 yep. And I tell you that this defense has turned into a, like at least a, 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 compor- a, a competent middle of the third, middle third of the league, like top half of the league. It, it's right in that range, yeah. right? And you did it with Marcus Peters getting cut and with Chandler Jones, for obvious reasons, never seeing the field. Now, if we go back to June and say, by the way, Marcus Peters is going to get cut and Chandler Jones is never going to see the field. And it's going to be a top half of the league defense. It's going to be a, a competent, competitive defense at this level. Don't you believe and I you. never would have bought that. No, nope. never. Don't believe you. That. And I think I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit more too. Where you know, I, I think when Robert, Robert, excuse me, Robert Spillane was signed, I, I think I had the reaction of, okay, that's that's a nice signing. Like let's you know, kind of let's see what he what he's got. This guy's playing at a Pro Bowl level, Fitz. I mean, this is a guy who's won AFC Defensive Player of the Week at least once. I'm trying to remember if he did it a second time. But, like, this is a dude who's playing an incredible brand of football, has really ingratiated himself to this fan base in an incredible way at a really rapid rate. And, and like, we talk about some of the hits of this offseason. I mean, Robert Spillane is going to be at the top of that list. The guy's playing out of his mind and is really a catalyst for a lot of what, what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively. And I just looked it up to double-check. He's 27. So, like, that's part of yeah. when you start talking about what we're looking for moving forward. Building blocks. People that – not even – and I'm not even talking about superstar building blocks because what this team has taught us over the course of the last two years is that having stars isn't enough. You have to have depth. You have to have talent mm-hmm. all across the roster, right? So, like, stars isn't a problem. You got to look at this defense and say, hey, if I told you right now, today – that this defense next year would feature, obviously, Max Crosby, but that Robert Spillane would be back and that uh, Nate Hobbs would be back and that Trayvon Merrick would be back and continue to play the way he's played, I think, throughout the course of this year, that Amik would be back and continuing to grow. Like, there are now pieces that you look at and say, yeah, I feel really good about that. Of course, if you look at the offseason already and you say, what are the things? Like, having another edge rusher that can get after the quarterback is something this team is trying to identify. I think Malcolm Kuntz has developed into somebody that's given some valuable snaps, but he's not developed into some superstar. He hasn't developed into what anybody hoped that Tyree would be this year or hoped that Chandler Jones would be this year. There is some level of just, hey, as you develop into the future, part of what this team needs to figure out over the course of the, the, the rest of the season is, who are your blocks, your, your foundational pieces? Spillane is a foundational piece. Hobbs is a foundational piece. Mary, I think, has become a foundational piece. Like, he's, he's going to be around. Like, I, I look at some of this and think, man, there are foundational pieces here that have actually turned into pretty good. Like, the, 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 the core here is, is set as opposed to a year, for, a year ago when I was saying, man, you need, like, nine new guys on the defensive side of the ball. Now you're looking at it saying, hey, Three or four upgrades could make a massive difference to this defense next year. You know what's wild to think about is the way that we talk about the defense fits feels like, and we're not quite there yet. I want to, you know, kind of hedge a little bit, but like it feels like we're getting closer to the way that we talk about the offense with the playmakers, right? Oh, you look on the offense. Hunter Renfro's there. De- Devontae Adams is there. Josh Jacobs is there. Cole Miller's there. Well, okay, yeah, that's great and all fair and true, but now on defense, Robert Spillane's there. Max Crosby's there. And, and, and it feels good that we can have like a substantive conversation about that, living in reality, right? Not hoping, waiting, wishing that this player is going to pan out or that player is going to pan out. Like you got actual dudes on this team. And I know we got a lot of football left in 2023, but all of a sudden, 2024 becomes like pretty intriguing when you're like, okay, if we can make an addition here, if we can tweak that, like all of a sudden, man, you raise your eyebrows and you're like, ah, maybe this team isn't as far off as we thought. And that comes back to what I said before we got even to the draft last year. And everybody was saying, well, what's the Raiders plan? What's the Raiders plan? And I I said on Raider Nation Radio, I said with you, said all over the country, this felt to me like a two-year rebuild, right? And so year one was about trying to get 
half of it addressed. And then year two is trying to get the other half of it addressed. What's stunning to me is that while the coaching didn't develop the way I think most people hope the coaching would develop, and while many of the questions that we didn't think would be here are here, I still look at it and I say, hey, in a two-year rebuild world, like, it feels like the job of whatever the next administration looks like, the job is much different than it was prior to this. Like there are there are enough pieces here that you're right. You're, you're, we're going into an offseason, right? Because of the way things have looked the last four weeks, you go into the offseason and say, okay, like use Hunter Renfro as an example. Mm-hmm. A month ago, a lot of us were sitting around saying, is Hunter even going to be part of this team? And then what you see what happens with the coaching change. Now, all of a sudden, we're sitting there saying, oh, this is what we expected for Hunter Renfro. Like, of course, Hunter Renfro is going to be around. Look at how talented he is. Like, it's amazing how the tone around the team has changed over the course of the last month. And it's just been a two and two month. Yeah, and I think what, you know, just to stick on Hunter for a second, and we talk about AP, uh, obviously, kind of as the catalyst for this conversation. But, like, the visible kind of physical manifestation, whatever you want to call it, that Hunter Renfro is going through right now. I mean, look at that dude's body language a month ago compared to what it is a week ago, right? I mean, he's a guy who's having fun playing football again. He's got the mustache. Like, it's just, a, it's a guy who is, it feels like he can be himself again. And when Hunter Renfro is himself and is doing his thing, he is a really exciting, dynamic player in the NFL. And unfortunately, the, the fan base, I don't want to say forgot about it, but they didn't get a chance to see that as much over the past of the past, you know, the last 13, 14, 15 months, whatever it is. And it comes back to the argument I've made a million times. And when we start talking about the future of this team and what's look good, if you tell me right now that Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams are all back, and then let's just have a dream world for a minute where suddenly, you know, new regime, everything aligns, Josh Jacobs decides, come on, I'm just throwing this out, right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden you've got those four, what you got those four guys and you have Colton Miller. What that that's one building block on the offensive line. I'll I'll acknowledge all day till we're blue in the face that the offensive line needs work. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like long term. I just know this: if you draft a rookie quarterback, if that's where things end up, find me a better situation for a rookie quarterback to come into than throwing the ball to Devontae and Jacoby and Hunter Renfro and handing it off to somebody like Josh Jacobs. Like I just yeah. that's why all of this maddening conversation about who's on the trading block. And it's like not even just the salary cap conversation around it, just the core pieces. Like you want to find out if a young quarterback can play, put them around these weapons. I, I still believe that until I die. I believe that this situation is better than 90% of the situations a young quarterback could ever come into. And it's why I think we have a real chance right now to evaluate Aiden O'Connell because he is throwing to great players. Like there is a real chance to see real film to evaluate a young quarterback. Yeah, 100%. I think that's what, you know, it's like to your point about the evaluation over the last five games, six weeks now. I think that's going to be a lot of it. A lot of the conversation around this building is what do the Raiders have? What do they need to get better? Uh, and what do you kind of have to go outside the building for? But Fitz, we talk so much about the good. And yes, it's fun to be happy and positive, And I love it, right? But at the end of the day, this team's five and seven. You're two games under 500. You're on the outside. You're looking into the playoff picture right now. A lot of football left to play. I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But what needs to be better when this team comes back from the bye? Antonio Pierce has let these guys go, right? They're going to be able to reset, recharge, kind of get their minds right. And the fact that we have our, our bye in early December is still beyond me, is still flabbergasting, but that's a, a topic for another day. But when this team comes back, Fitz, what do you see that needs to be better for them going down the stretch here? Communication on the offense plan. And I, it's a, this is not just execution. This is communication. And, you know, look, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, five, nine and a half and a buck 65 to know anything about being a fat guy. A mean, on the a mean 165, though, Fitz. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm cutting that body fat in half. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I, I think that, that part of this, though, and this is why 
you know, I talked so much to Michael Jr. and Eric McLean and, uh, you know, Damian Woody, guys that played at the highest possible level. And I always want to talk about offensive line play because it's the hardest to break down for most of us. And the thing that constantly gets told to me is that everything is about communication. And it's not just about communication of who's coming from where. It's communication of who's sliding to who, what blocker needs to get to what spot to send what person where. And that gets really confusing, but we saw it in the game. Like when you think about a fourth and one carry where you hand off to Josh Jacobs about the communication of who slid to who and who was coming from where. And that's stuff that, man, it's just, it's been missing this year. There's been a gap in communication. I think the interior, specifically the interior of the offensive line has got to figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, then the organization is going to go into off the offseason saying the number one thing to fix is the entire interior of the offensive line. Whether that means guys at different positions, whether that means bringing new guys in, I don't know. But communication is the thing that uh, they got to be watching it. They got to be talking to each other. They got to be figuring out better ways in game as the games move on to communicate about who's coming from where. And Aiden's got to get better at communicating that to his offensive line too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Fitz, right? You can be Marcus Allen back there, but if you're getting hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage, you ain't going anywhere, right? And, and that's just mm-hmm. reality. And unfortunately, we have seen a lot of those moments in 2023 where Josh gets the ball, doesn't even have a chance to make a move, doesn't even have a chance to dissect and, and see what's in front of him because there's two guys up in his grill. And, and I think for me, Fitz, when I when I look at what has to be better and certainly there's a lot of things that have to be better but for me it all comes back to consistency because we've seen bits and pieces of it right we look at that first quarter or first quarter and a half against the Chiefs you're up two touchdowns on the defending champs the defense is flying around the offense is in rhythm Aiden O'Connell is in the zone Josh is getting his touches it looks the way that we've all wanted it to look but then the Chiefs come around the second quarter comes around, you wake up, and it's a 31-3 Chiefs run, uh, and at the end of that game, doesn't really feel all that competitive. We've seen it for bits and pieces, right? We've seen it for a half. We've seen it for a quarter. We've certainly seen it for drives, but we haven't seen it yet for a full 60 minutes. I, I don't think even in any of our wins fits, you can say, that was a great 60 minutes of Raiders football all three phases. Yeah, there's been bits and spurts, but let's see it for a full game. That's what I want to see, and I understand that there's so many variables that go into that. You know, I talked earlier about the rookie uh, rookie head coach, rookie coordinator, rookie quarterback triumvirate. Like, that has a lot to do with it. I get it. I'm not naive to that fact, but I would love to see a little consistency coming down the stretch. And even if it's, you know, not the prettiest, you know, Kansas City Chiefs flying around type deal, like, I would just love to see a little consistency from this offense. I would love to see it, and I think it would go a long way uh, as we come down through uh, November, excuse me, not November, December and January. Think about this too for AP and everybody on the coaching staff that wants to go out and show that they want this job and should have this job full time. Uh, a couple of the guys I talked to were pretty harsh about the downfall of the Raiders in game. And the comment was maybe it's on the quarterback, maybe it's on the coordinating, maybe it's on the coaching, but it doesn't seem like once you get off script in a game, there's been the best adjustments. Well, this is the chance. Like, bye week is all about self-scouting yeah. for a coaching staff. They're in there watching all of their tendencies, figuring out how to do things better. While while the players are outside of the building, this is a chance for everybody in the building that's a coach to get better at what they do because they have the opportunity not to worry about an opponent, but to worry about themselves. When's the last time we saw the Raiders come out of bye week and look fresh, look different, look evolved. And that's something that we see like every single time the the Raiders play the Chiefs. We hear about Andy Reid after the bye week. Also, if it's not to get on my my high horse conspiracy theory, Eddie, it also feels like the Raiders exclusively play the Chiefs coming off of the bye week. Every time we play them, oh, the Chiefs coming off the bye. Let's see how it, like, of course. it's Yeah, but yes, you're right. But you're right, and... But this is that opportunity for the Raiders. Yes. Like one of the biggest 
advantages that I think Vegas had in the first game with this new regime is that it was a new regime. One of the biggest advantages they should have coming into this game after the bye against the Vikings is that the Vikings won't have had the last the opportunity to just sit there and scout themselves. So I, I'm looking for what's different. What do we see that we didn't see before the bye from the coaching, from the play calling, from play design? Like, what are we seeing that it's the first time we've seen it? Because if we're not sitting there saying, wow, that's new, that's fresh. And I think that says something. So there's an opportunity for the coaches to really come in, cement their own legacy, and get this damn job. Like, go out, win the job. Like, they tell players all the time, go win the job. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been a constant, you know, constant kind of theme around around the, the building here and, and then Vegas in general fits is, look, if you're Antonio Pierce, if you're Bo Hardegree, if, if you're any of the guys on the staff, like, in the most respectful way, like, what do you have to lose? Like, go go get it. Like, to your point, go get this job. Go earn this job on a permanent basis. You know, those fourth and ones, let's go for it, right? Obviously, let's not be careless and let's still remain, you know, working in the framework of our game plan and what we do best. But, like, let's go. Let's have a little fun. Let it rip. Let's go five wide on third and one and get weird. You know what I mean? Like, let's be aggressive. Let's be on the front foot. And because, you know, I think what's the most, I wouldn't say frustrating, but, you, you know, you look at this team realistically fits. And it feels like they have been on the front foot at times, right? We go back to Sunday. You're up 14-0. You are operating the way that you want to operate, but you're doing it aggressively, right? It looks good. It feels good. If you're a fan of that stadium, you go, yes, this is it. But for whatever reason, you kind of let off the pressure just a little bit, just a tiny bit, and Patrick Mahomes goes out there and does his thing. So the final five weeks fit, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Let's have fun. Let's get weird. Let's put some points on the board. How about that? Let's also learn to counterpunch. I mean, yeah, this team is 100%. Doing, this, there, there's something to, I punched first, I knocked you back. I was winning the first couple of rounds. I make it an MMA fight here. I know Max loves that stuff. There's something about like, what happens when the fight's not going your way? Mm -hmm. How do you turn it around? And I think that's something that has to be learned. There has to be an aggressiveness to this. And, and one of the things that I just, I love, and I think any of us that have watched AP talk at all, we all love, is there's an infectious sort of like swagger to what he does. And I just, I would imagine, that I would never hope to know this, but I would imagine that if I walked into a press conference and I just walked up to coach and I, you know, I said something rude to him, I slapped him in the face. I'm going to get my ass beat. Like, it feels like there's this moment yeah. where coach is just going to, he's going to clap back. I need to see that, that part of his personality come into this team where it's like, all you did when you hit me was made me mad. Now I'm going to, I'm going to hit back. I'm going to counter punch. And I just don't think that has come through yet in the first month. That would be a, like, if the Vikings come out and score first, I don't care. What I want to see is how the Raiders come out and respond to that over and over and over again. That's the measure of a good football team. And the fact is, Fitz, is that the Raiders have those guys. They have that dog mentality individually to go out and respond, right? You talk about Max. Max is the epitome of that. Robert Spillane. Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, and Andre James, guys on the interior of that line, those, those nasty kind of dudes, right? Marcus Epps, like these are guys who have been hit in the face in, the, in this game professionally, right? And they have all bounced back. So I think to your point, seeing that collective bounce back, seeing like you know, kind of the uh, the uh, the you know the movie thing where you just kind of look at the blood and acknowledge it, and like all right. Game time. Like, that's what I would love to see over the final uh, final month and a half here, Fitz. But, you know, we look at and we talked about guys that have been working, right? Things that have been objectively been working on this team in 2023, specifically after the coaching change. If you had to kind of give your Jason Fitz by week MVP, who gets it? Who is sitting as we sit here uh, in late November is your guy on the silver and black that has just been that dude? 
Okay, so I'll leave Max out of this conversation for a second because I think we all agree yes, it's Max, yes, right? Like, yes. uh, as I've said every week, Max is the face of this franchise. And uh, if I had, I do not, but if I had a vote for MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, I would put a vote in for, for him on both of those. I think you can make a compelling case for he and Miles Garrett both to be MVPs and obviously both Defensive Players of the Year. So I'll take him and I'll put him aside. If I put him aside to me, this is all about Robert Spillane. Yeah. I know we've, we've sort of mentioned him several times, but... When you just look at the consistency, play after play after play, not just the highlights, not the picks, which have been nice. It's the ability to be around and swarm around the ball at all times has been really staggering from Spillane. I think he's really put himself into that MVP conversation all day, every day. And honorable mention goes to, to Jacoby Myers, yeah. somebody that I I had moderate expectations for. Man, Jacob, and, and Jacoby has taken full advantage of the matchups he gets because of Devontae. Like, I, I think 80s tag team, Devontae and Jacoby, that's one of the best tandems in the league. And I, I don't think that can even be questioned at this point. Yeah, and, and look, not great fodder for conversation. I was going to go with Spillane, too, once we decided Max was, was out of the mix. Like, I mean, Robert Spillane has been everything that this fan base wanted out of their middle linebacker, right? He has set the tone. He has the look. He's got the visor. He has, like I said, ingratiated himself to this fan base. He really understands what it means to be a Raider, what it means to to put on that silver and black, to put on that helmet every Sunday, go out there and do his thing. And it's been a lot of fun, man. It's been a lot of fun to kind of see him grow into this role because I think the version of Robert Spillane that we saw week one, week two, even in terms of how he addressed the media, in terms of his, his like kind of post-game stuff, it was different than the Robert Spillane that we're seeing now. I think now we're seeing a confident, uh, you know, a guy who understands that, hey, I'm one of the big dogs, not only on this defense, but on this team, a team captain. I think the evolution of Robert Spillane has been really, really fun to watch. Uh, but again, like I'll go back to a guy, and I know he's not a guy on the field, but Patrick Graham, again, I think has to be in our conversation mm -hmm. for, for bi-week MVP, a dude who is, like I said, kept the ship afloat, kept everything right here in the middle where it needed to be, and regardless of who's playing, because he, especially in that secondary fifth, there have been so many guys that have been rotated in for a variety of reasons. This defense, week after week after week, just feels like they're getting better and better and more comfortable in what Patrick Graham is asking them to do, and, and Coach Graham deserves a ton of credit for for that. So again, a lot that needs to be better, a lot that is working right now, but for this team to get back to their winning ways when we do this, uh, when do we play? Like a week and a half, two weeks uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to really have to put their best foot forward. So Fitz, on our way out though, you know the deal. Where can the people find you? Well, you can follow me on social media at Jason Fitz for Instagram and Twitter whatever we want to yeah, call it now, but also, check, yeah, who knows? Uh, every Saturday morning, hanging out with the fellas on Fox Sports Radio, 5 to 9 a.m. Eastern. That's early for you guys on the Pacific time, but we're out there on Saturday mornings hanging out. And then also Yahoo Sports. I'm all over all of the NFL content, fantasy football content, college football content. So you can check out the Yahoo Sports app, obviously. We do a bunch of quick hit videos that are a lot of fun on social media, too. So if you're not following Yahoo Sports, you should be. It's not just one of the best fantasy football apps in the world. The best, if you ask me. I'm biased. Uh, but also, we're doing great work on the Yahoo Sports app that I'm really proud of. So check it out. Yes, and no bye week for you this week, Fitz. We are all going to go head off and enjoy a bye week, a little enjoy a, a little relaxation, a reset, just like the players are. But you're still grinding, and we appreciate you for that. So we will see you, Fitz. We will see you in person, right, for the Viking game. Is that is that what in I'm person. hearing? Is Let's that the go. rumor on the Vikings street? Game. 
That's the rumor on the. Are we getting turnt before the game? I, I, do we get? Do 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 the kids get turnt anymore? I'm, I'm I mean, unsure. I'm unsure. I I don't know. I I'm not. I'll have to go. I this is my my sister in law's great. I have a a sister in law who's in college, so I always ask her, Hey, is this cool? Is this not cool? And she usually keeps me on the straight and narrow. So Ingrid, we're gonna have to text you after this. See if uh, see if turnt? the kids are getting turnt or not. But regardless, it is gonna be great to see you in person. I love it every single time we get you guys to the desert. So for Eddie Pascal, my guy Jason Fitz, everyone else at Silver and Black Productions who keeps our little show afloat. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Raider Nation, enjoy the bye week. Enjoy a stress-free weekend. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy a stress-free weekend. I'm not going to be sweating it in the fourth quarter, and I cannot wait. And we will see you guys once we get back next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.